Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. My name is Jesse. And I'm Tessa. Welcome to the Spooky Soup Podcast. Uh, I am ready to be spooked today. How about you? I'm also ready. Awesome. I have the historical story today. Yeah, I've got some... Well, okay, so I have a Ask Reddit story. Okay. And then I have a story story. Okay, cool. Okay. Sweet. Um, and before we begin our spooky stories, I just want to remind everyone that you can, uh, all those that are listening, you can check out our episodes on YouTube. And if we have any images that relate to the story, we'll show those on the screen. Um, so yeah, check us out on YouTube. Check us out. Okay. So why don't you start us off? This first one was posted in r slash I am a, or I am a. Um, by user incredibly shiny shart wow (laughs) what a name it's a great name huh yeah okay he says hi all i am a man who ate a portion of his own amputated leg ask me anything (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) so the quick and dirty about two years ago i was hit on my motorcycle they salvaged my foot but i would never be able to walk on it i elected to have it amputated i asked doctors to keep it I signed some papers, I got it back, and with the help of some friends, cooked a portion of it in two foot tacos. Ew. And he has pictures. Here are some questions that he answered. Raspberries of Wrath asked, Were you able to log the meal in MyFitnessPal, or did you have to create a new food for the app? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And then someone commented on that and said, Does it count as calories if it came from your body? Uh, okay. This is weird, but keep going. All right. And then Fast Too Furious 4 asked, why? Just why? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Just why? And Incredibly Shiny Shart responds with, (laughs) so my friends and I always had this joke. If you could try human flesh in an ethical and healthy way, would you? And we always said, of course. Well, the opportunity came up and I called them out on it. Okay. All right. And then, okay, then somebody else asked two questions. Was the drive home with it full of paranoia that you'd be pulled over and have to explain the severed leg in your back seat? And are you slightly concerned that to the average Joe who hasn't had delicious meals would consider you pretty tasty, especially in a pinch? And Shiny Shark says, it was super weird. We are all super tasty, my friend. Uh, That grosses me out, man. Yeah. Apparently... He was riding a motorcycle mm-hmm. and this car had turned left and clipped his back wheel. And so it like completely destroyed part of his leg. So like the car hit his leg or just the aftermath of what after the car the hit aftermath, it? aftermath, you know, like sliding okay. on the concrete and stuff. But well, yeah. Free meal, kind of. Free meal. So he cooked it into tacos okay. with his friends and he has Whoa. pictures of it and it just looks like regular meat. And he said in an edit that it tastes like buffalo but chewier super beefy and a little fatty okay can i see the picture yes okay so this first picture is kind of like fajita veggies and some meat so that's human meat that's human meat oh my gosh those are his friends eating it in their kitchen oh my gosh that's disgusting and they have the dipping sauce it's on tortillas Ugh, disgusting. Yeah. Why are why would people be curious about that? 
I don't know. Reddit, answer me. Because <laughs> that's so weird. It's like, yeah, I never would think that, yeah, I'm hungry, but I don't want a burger today. I would like to taste my own flesh. <laughs> that's right. so weird. Um, he said that when the doctors amputated his leg, um, <laughs> he wouldn't tell them why he wanted to keep it. He just said, I want to keep it. So they let him. Okay. And then he cooked it up. Yeah. I mean, Apparently it's... it was really good. He said on a scale of one to 10, it's a six and a half. Okay. That doesn't sound like really good though. But for that sounds him, like medi- mediocre. He, he said his six and a half was bacon. So I don't know if that helps you. Oh. I don't eat meat. Well, so bacon, I don't know. <laughs> bacon's amazing. So it's like, that's a, that's a 9.999, almost 10. So, okay. It must be really good then. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's disgusting. What, uh, what else do you have for me? So now that you're thoroughly I'm, grossed out. Yeah. I'm, I'm more grossed <laughs> out right now than I am spooked. So let's but. move on to something spooky. Okay. Okay. So this was posted in r slash let's not meet by you slash flaxen flare titled he pretended to be my dog before i start here's a bit of context to my story my husband and i lived in a small two-floor house with two main entrances one along the front and the other along the side of the house which opens up into the laundry room when we're too busy or it's too late to walk our dog we hook his collar onto a long line that's attached to one of the pipes on the corner of the house so he can use the bathroom we used to do this from the door to our laundry room, but we noticed the large step of the door to the ground had been taking a toll on his hips. And as a result, we started letting him out through the front door instead since the porch was much closer to the ground. This particular night, I was home alone with my dog and it was around midnight when I decided to let him outside one last time before going to bed. I hook him up to his line, close the door and lock it before heading into the kitchen to put away the dishes. This was pretty routine, Even if he used the bathroom quickly, he liked to walk around along the front and side of the house for a few minutes before coming back inside. As I'm putting away the dishes, I hear a scratch on the door. This is how my dog signals he wants to come inside, so I head over to let him in. Since I've watched way too many scary movies, I always look through the door's peephole before opening it. Out of habit, I look to check that my dog is in the front door. Instead, I see a man staring very intently at the door handle. I freeze with my hand on the door handle. I don't know how much time went by, but then I heard another scratch, this one louder than the last. This kind of wakes me up from my initial shock, and I run to grab my cell phone. I call my husband to tell him what's happening. He was very confused. I probably wasn't explaining the situation well to him, but says that he's heading home. This is when I realize my dog is still outside with this person. I head back to the front door, trying to make as little noise as possible to check whether the stranger is still there. Just like before, he's standing there, head bowed looking at the doorknob. I tiptoe over to the laundry room and slowly open the door as quietly as possible. I can see my dog anywhere. I can't see my dog anywhere and the side of the house is covered in gravel, so I knew I couldn't step outside without making a noise. With my heart still pounding in my chest, I go to the front door to keep an eye on the stranger and to get a better look at him. I considered calling the police, but I didn't feel they would take me seriously. Since all this man was doing was standing in front of my house, I tried taking a picture of him with my cell phone, but my camera was only able to take pictures of the peephole, 
and not what was actually behind the glass. All of a sudden, the man looks up directly at me. I swear I... I swear he knew I was there. He glares at me, then opens his mouth to show this taunting, malicious grin. He stood there that way for a few seconds. With that, he turns around and starts to walk down the street. I stay in the same place, almost expecting him to rush back and start pounding on the door. Luckily, my husband got back after a few minutes. Long story short, he convinced me to call the police and we went out looking for our dog. Turns out this man had cut the end of the line connected to the pipe and our dog decided it was a good time for him to explore in my neighbor's backyard, which is where we found him. It's been three years since this happened, we've since moved to a new house, and the police weren't able to come up with any suspects. Ever since then, we take our dog on very long walks before the sun goes down. Creepy. Right? And the first comment says, he had a knife to cut your pup loose. Thank goodness that was all he did. Mm-hmm. So this man had a knife to cut the dog loose. If they had opened the door, who knows what would have happened. Yeah. I uh I always wanted to like live in a in a place with like a forest for my my backyard, but then I hear stories like this and I'm like, uh, eh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. I feel like houses that are just in these rural areas are almost begging for scary things to happen. Oh yeah, like the um, I think it was in 2016, like the creepy clowns. Oh yeah. Yeah, clown yeah. thing. Yeah, forest for a backyard. That's that's where they'll be hiding you know? I remember one of our schools went on lockdown because there was a clown scare really was yeah. that in high school yeah <laughs> like I think was... in neighboring schools some kid had sent around text messages threatening to come to the school as a clown with like a knife or something so they went on lockdown weird yeah that redditor is right because they totally had a knife yeah who knows what they were gonna do that's so creepy gives me the chills not I a know fan. right I've been home alone before and looked out the windows at night, and I saw two dudes in our backyard. That was probably our neighbor. (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) maybe it was, but who is using our backyard as, like, a cut-through? They had flashlights and stuff. I had no idea who it was. When was this? When I was in eighth grade. It was a really long time ago. Oh. Well, we definitely had some creepy things like that happen in our neighborhood. Definitely at our house, so. Yeah. Not surprised. Are those your Reddit stories for today, or do you have more? Oh, that's my Reddit stories. Okay. that That's a good spooky story to, uh, to have, because what I have today isn't as... It's not spooky, but okay. it's interesting. Been, like, kind of a twisted, spooky way. Have you ever heard the term Saved by the Bell? I used to watch that show. Like, exactly. It's all the old... time, over the summer. Exactly. Yeah. It's an old... 80s tv show actually came out in 1989 so some people classify it as a 90s show but according to gingersoftware.com the term saved by the bell is used when one has been saved by the timely intervention of something or someone or when one has been rescued from difficulty at the last second so makes sense yeah yeah cool uh sounds innocent enough right well it has a darker meaning behind it wonderful Modern medicine is amazing and can easily detect when someone has been diagnosed with a disease called catalepsy. It is a medical condition where a person's body goes into a sort of trance where the muscles don't move and the person cannot feel any pain. 
So to better picture it, a dead person pretty much. So okay. you're alive, but you can't move. You can't speak. You can't even like close your eyelids sometimes. Like you just look like you're dead. But you're conscious. Um, I'm not 100% sure if you're conscious like the whole time that you're in one of these episodes. Because they say that they can take up to like three, four days to snap out of it. Wow. Or okay. or it doesn't stop. So it just really Crazy. depends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, so please don't quote me on any of this. But in the past, this led people to being buried alive. Yeah. Okay. The poor soul could do nothing but let it happen. Grave robbers would find scratches on the inside of caskets, people desperately clawing their way out. Uh, bloody fingers as flesh and fingernails were ripped off in desperation. Uh, the thought of being trapped with no one to hear me sends a cold shiver down my spine. Yeah, I'm not okay with that. That's like burning alive. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Drowning. Yeah. No way. Buried alive. I'm out of there. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Over time, there were creative measures put in place to make sure people suffering from catalepsy would hopefully wake up. Uh, waiting mortuaries were created so that's the term they use waiting mortuaries so these provided a place for the catatonic person to be observed by nurses if the person woke up fantastic wine cigars and food were waiting if they did not wake up the nurses would know due to the corpse deteriorating this confirmed the person would be dead I think that's a pretty good sign yeah yeah Yeah. right (laughs) but uh, so essentially it's like yeah, it's just like a waiting room to see if they're just okay. going to wake up or not. So, I mean, waking up to wine, cigars, and food doesn't sound that bad. No. Doctors would try and test to see if the person could wake up by cutting off parts of the fingers or parts of the hand. Oh, no. If this person, for example, like didn't have any prior health issues and then all of a sudden they just, you know, died in quotes then they would probably think like oh they're in a catatonic state suffering from catalepsy so they would try all these tests and one of them was cutting off fingers parts of fingers but if they couldn't move how is that a good test so they didn't know that yet oh so they or no sorry let me back up they didn't know that they couldn't feel pain so they thought that oh well if we just cut off part of their finger they'll snap out of it and be like you know, give them some sign of like, oh, that it's hurting or like screaming or like muffled right. screaming or something. Yeah, they couldn't feel pain. And another way they would do it is they would send smoke up their rectum to create a sort of smoke enema. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. How does that even help them in any way? It doesn't. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, once again, they can't feel pain, but they didn't know that. They didn't know that yet. So, mm-hmm. but now you do. Uh, another measure was a glass coffin. So, if the coffin filled with fog, they would know the person was breathing and they okay. could open it. Yeah. But then they're underground. So, then they would have to keep them up, you know, above ground, kind of once mm-hmm. again, observe them for a few days, see if the glass would fill with fog. Right. Back to what I mentioned earlier, how this correlates with, say, by the bell. Imagine a bell placed on a headstone. A string attached to the bell, but you see the string disappear into the ground below. If a catatonic person were to wake up in their casket, all they had to do was pull on the string that laid next to him. 
the bell would ring and hopefully someone would hear the chime ring throughout the cemetery. So that's... <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> so here's a here's a rough sketch of the design. Okay. So you can see... Oh, okay. So, yeah. yep. Pretty much just pull the string and hopefully someone will hear you. Imagine just going through a nice midnight stroll in the cemetery, like most of us do, and hearing the bell ring. <laughs> yep, and they just hear a bell ring. So catalepsy um, inspired many authors to write stories surrounding the disease um, two of them are The Fall of the House of Usher and Berenice both by Edgar Allan Poe so that, that inspired some of his that work. makes sense mm -hmm. he would yeah so although it may not be 100% factual some would say this coins the term saved by the bell oh no Okay, so the origin of that show is so much darker than we ever imagined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I know that like a lot of uh, our nursery rhymes growing up, those have like a ton of darker meaning too. Like Ring Around the Rosie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other episode if we want to get into that. But yeah, so I looked it up and there you go, Saved by the Bell. That gives it a whole new meaning. Did I just ruin that TV show for you? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I feel like Mario Lopez just he did saves that on it. his own. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you don't like the guy? He's, something about him. He's so beautiful, though. It's those dimples. They okay. throw me off. All right. <laughs> no hate to dimples. I'm totally kidding. Well, that's uh, that's my story today. That's my little historical story for you. Oh, I so. love that. I love dark history stuff. I think that's so cool to mm -hmm. learn about. Modern medicine has um, stepped up its game and then can easily find catalepsy. So Right. Like we went from bells to putting microphones in the coffin. So now yeah, you hear definitely. someone yelling, help yeah. me, help me get out. I'm stuck. Now you know what to do. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in to this episode. Uh, do you have anything else before we get on? That's everything. Cool. Once again, I'm Jesse. And I'm Tessa. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Stay spooky. <laughs>